cringe as I hoped it would be. <laughs> All right, we're not actually switching to that intro. Don't worry. <laughs> one one off. <laughs> yeah. If you loved it, be sure to send some DMs to Amber. Let her no. know she needs to be part of the intro every week. <clears throat> They'll be sorry. But our topic is on unity in your home. So there you have it. An example of unity. Yep. We're so united. The cheesiest toys possible. <laughs> the only thing that was missing was some like Wisconsin accents or yeah. something. <laughs> Don't worry, I won't do a Wisconsin accent right now, everybody. You've already bullied me enough about my terrible accents and impersonations. Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> it's that time of year. I might have to bring him no, out no, no, in no, one no. of these uh, episodes or Christmas traditions episode. <laughs> yeah. Remember last time though, you were like, I guess I need to work on my President Hinckley because yes. it had gotten rusty. And I afterward you were embarrassed. Oh, <laughs> you have. <laughs> Not quite ready to debut it. All right. Anyway, so unity in your home. This relates loosely to our episode, We Never Fight. Yeah. Um, but we wanted to expand it a little bit more to not just couples, although we will talk about marriage and that kind of unity, but mm-hmm. also that kind of unity sounds like an innuendo. That kind of unity. <laughs> you know, Uh-oh. when you're married. You're making it a PG, <laughs> PG episode. episode by I just mean it just unity in like marriage. Roommates and but kids then, yes, and then there's also the other familial, like yeah, multi generational houses. Yeah. Exactly, because mm-hmm. there's there's plenty of people who listen to the podcast who do have like more roommate situations and mm-hmm. things like that. So what, how does that apply? Because your yeah your room your apartment is still your home. Yeah, I mean the only one we really can't speak mm-hmm. to is people living with extended family because we've never done that. Very deliberately, yes, avoided it at all costs. It works for some people. It doesn't work for some people, but it's necessary. Yeah. We've been fortunate to not have to do that. Very fortunate. Because it wouldn't have worked super well for us. <laughs> we no just offense have to too extended many... family. <laughs> we have too many. You don't need to say that. They're <laughs> no, fine. No, I... <laughs> <laughs> They're fine. They can handle it, okay. right? You guys can handle it, right? Okay, good. Glad we got DM that. DM Todd if you can. They will. Just kidding. The thing is, we had too many issues going into our marriage. Mm-hmm. It was hard enough when we lived with people that weren't extended family mm-hmm. and all of the issues that were probably we had just as much ownership in. Yeah. So yeah, having our own space has been that's been huge helpful. For us. Yeah. Anyway, so uh where do we start? I guess first of all, what are ways that I don't know, or areas where unity unity comes up, like or lack of unity. Um, we talked about like some of the situations, but like, mm-hmm. or the settings, but what are the situations? Like, obviously you get in fights or what things drives like that. You to do yeah. It. Sometimes but, misunderstandings, a lot of the same things with fights, like when we talked about them are yeah. other episode, misunderstanding, not giving somebody else the benefit of the doubt, assuming right. they mean something yet. Assuming the harmful worst. Harmful to you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, assuming the worst. Yeah. Which is a huge. Why do we have that? That's our main one. Instinct. Why do people? I don't just mean you and me to, though. But I know yeah, people but yeah. in general. Yeah, people in general do. It's sure. such a common thing where someone will flip out based off of, like, uh, person A will say something that could be taken any number of ways. Person B will immediately take it in the worst way possible. Yeah. But even sometimes when there's no other ill intent mm-hmm. there, like it's not like they have a history of it. It's just. Maybe it seems it's to be the gut reaction. Most people feeling insecure about things. I yeah. don't know. Yeah, that's true. You, have you ever met somebody that just never gets their feelings hurt? I think there well, are people never, that but, are more that stuff yeah. to get their feelings hurt less. So maybe yeah. they take things differently. And I think there are people who are better at not reacting. Yeah. So it'll still bug them, but they will let it roll off their shoulders. Yeah. 
I'm in a in the moment if it's not with us or like if it's with people from outside of our home. Yeah. I don't think people would know they offended me. Yeah. Because, and I don't mean that like in a braggy way. Which is ironic. I keep it pretty close, then I freak out after. (laughs) (laughs) You do tend to take things wrong sometimes. I take things wrong, yes, I do. And then in the moment, though, they would never know. So then people are thinking like, of course you didn't have a problem with that. Yeah. But then you're just carrying it until you can, like you say, get away and have a big emotional reaction. Then a lot of times I come back around and once I've had my, like we've talked about before, have my big freak out and then... You move Fine, on. I have to. But I find that having a poor memory helps with that. <laughs> no, you instead have such of a poor memory. forgive and forget, I just simply skip to the forget. Yeah, and then there's nothing left to forgive. I wish that I could do that more. God says He'll remember our sins no more. I remember nothing. <laughs> I know. Take it one step further. I'll be like, remember that time we fought about X, Y, or Z? And oh my like, goodness. You'll be like, no, I don't remember that. <laughs> I'm not bringing it up to like no start a new fight or like bring it up to like shame. Every once in a while, I'll feel bad like that. I know, well, that's the thing. You You'll always do it, feel And then bad. I'm like, oh, I did that to you. I'm really sorry. And I'll, and I'll bring it up just in the instance of like before where I had my freak out and then I'm done and I yeah. moved past it, but I still remember to happen. Yes. So I'll bring it up healthy. and you'll think that I, you'll think that I'm like holding on to it. <laughs> Amber's remembered that fight for the last nine and a half years. How can I ever get her forgiveness? Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember much of anything, but fights are definitely on the lower yeah. end of things. You're not you're like, I'm not going to keep that. Yeah, what a waste of energy to try to hold on to that. I remember when we were, like, early on when we were married, though, like, us getting into fights and then me thinking, like, I don't even know how we're ever going to get past this. <laughs> like, because we were in yeah. such a big fight. Yeah. And then you being like, yeah, we will. And you being really encouraging and stuff like that. Yeah. And then, and not knowing at the time us well enough to know that, yeah, that it was more your style. Yeah, that's how like, I. Like, <laughs> you would be able to move past it more easily yeah. and just forget about it. And I would be able to move past it still. But it felt huge in the moment. Right. Like, I'll never get past this. Then I was able to, but I still remember it. Yeah. Just so uh, people can't thing. elect to have a terrible memory. So I'm just yeah. joking. That's not really <laughs> my recommendation. A, and that was a tangent, <laughs> but like, I guess. <laughs> yeah, there's, I don't know. I think um, there's just plain selfishness, too. Mm-hmm. I don't mean with you and me. Yeah. I mean, in, in general, general, go back to the general question mm-hmm. of like what causes those. I think there are plenty of situations, especially in the roommate department, where you're just paired with somebody who is very selfish, Mm -hmm. and even if you try not to be, their selfishness will cause friction. Like Mm -hmm. them continually stepping over those boundaries, or or maybe there are no boundaries yet, Mm -hmm. and just them kind of blasting through any politeness Mm -hmm. or expected respect, Mm -hmm. that's going to cause friction. And... um, no matter how dynamic you are in responding to it, you can't control it. Like you can't stop yeah. that from happening. So that sometimes that's just a constant in a particular environment. Yeah, I agree. I've definitely had terrible roommate uh, <clears throat> experiences. Yeah. I think lots of, some of it was because of me, because I had never really like had experiences of living with like True. other women yeah. before other than my sister. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's the case for lots of people, but yeah. I don't know. And I'm not really a catty type person. I don't want to just insult women, but like a lot of times <laughs> they are. For some reason, that's all I got. Yeah. Okay. But I had like no and no experience dealing with catty type women. Yeah. Because um, all my friends in high school, I was really close you with were not that style. Right. That so makes sense. I did not go for like divas or like yeah. any of that so then when i went to college they just assigned me you know they just give you your roommates whoever moves into your apartment they're like, unless you plan it out ahead of time they're like how much patience do you have <laughs> no really when you really pushed how yeah. much do you have okay we'll give you these roommates <laughs> yeah it's like so they just use unless you are good at planning it out then you don't have that yeah. so i had definitely had some situations where it was like I put up with it for the year that I was under my contract and then was like, I'm out of here. I never want to live with you. Right, right. So, you know. Sometimes that's necessary. Yeah. Well, and it's different. Yeah, That's the thing. It's like, okay, so if you're married to someone and you're having mm-hmm. friction, there's a little mm. bit more invested. And it's yes. like, okay, let's 
see if you can work through that. And yeah. We're not going to just be like, we're divorced now because one time I ordered the wrong item and mm-hmm. he thought I wanted it and we got <laughs> a big fight over it or yeah. whatever. But I think, yeah, there's value in knowing when to cut your losses. If it's mm-hmm. a roommate situation or dating situation, you're not yeah. actually married yet. Yeah. Um, even, you know, toxic work environments. Like yeah. there are plenty of people who stick in jobs that make them miserable for years and mm-hmm. years and years mm-hmm. or even a position in the same company when you could, with a little effort, reposition yourself. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's a little risky, but my goodness, if that's going to be your, you know, if that environment is toxic to you and you have tried reasonable, mm-hmm. proactive things, then yeah, get, get away from those yeah. negative It's like you said, try first. Like with any of my roommate situations, I always tried to talk to them about things and tried to work it out and was always just pleasant. And I mean, most of the time, I'm not super hard to live with. Well, and it's not so much even a personality thing as it is mm -hmm. an age thing. Like you all were 18 year old to 20. In your early 20s at best (laughs) and trying to figure out your own college experience, your own uh learning living away from home, like a very volatile situation to begin mm-hmm, with. Mm-hmm. And then you put a bunch of different personalities together. It's, and it's rough. Like, yeah. There's the Tinder. There's the spark. Yeah. Let's watch it burn. So yeah. You stick it out for a little bit. Sometimes it gets better. Like I know you had a work situation at one point where it was like, you did not get along well with the people or a couple of the people that you were working with. Yeah. And it was pretty miserable for a while. Yeah. And then you just, just did what you could on your end and it did improve. Yeah, it actually got way better. Yeah. It wasn't like, ooh, it's all like my dream job now. But it yeah, was I wasn't uh, inviting them over to my house on weekends for barbecues, but yeah, but it wasn't toxic or very miserable. Mellow, at that point. Yeah, it became a mutual respect. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that Okay, so difference. let's try to pinpoint what it is that people can do. Because that's I mean if someone's listening to this episode they're like, odds now I can't high. do anything. <laughs> yeah, odds are high that they have those situations or have had or will have. Mm-hmm. So what are, and I'm not saying we're experts, oh, but I know. This is our... drawing on our dumb experience. Yeah, <laughs> that's all we've got. <laughs> Cue banjo music playing. you 41 episodes. <laughs> hey, look you at us, 41 episodes. <laughs> How about that? I know, us just not knowing what we're talking about. <laughs> Don't do the math on the number of weeks since the first week okay, in January. Okay, We've we missed, missed a, a few. few. They know that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, well, I don't know. I mean, okay, let's go therapist route. Communication and boundaries. Mm-hmm. Obviously, those are kind of the first things that come to mind of like, if you are having a conflict and that like with the work situation, that definitely was mm-hmm. um, a big part of it was communicating my needs. I think I'm thinking about the same situation mm-hmm. that you are. We're all trying to be fake <laughs> now because we want to share the podcast. We yeah, want to we don't be rude to people, yeah. but there were definitely some um, boundaries that I was yes. not comfortable with and that some of the other people involved didn't have any issue with. Uh-huh. I guess boundaries being crossed. Mm-hmm. And once I established my boundaries more clearly, I was like, these are the things that I need in order to operate at my optimal yeah. level. And then I basically, I asked like for a trial period. I was like, okay, I'm going to, we're going to try with these boundaries in place mm-hmm. and let's see if I can still do my job well and maybe even do it better. Uh-huh. And then the other people not only could see how much better I could perform, mm-hmm. but they enjoyed it better too. Like yeah. they didn't know how much better it could be when, yeah. Things more functional. So I think, yeah, communicating and establishing boundaries is really big, mm-hmm. especially in environments where it is a roommate, it's a coworker, it's people where, um, where the boundaries wouldn't naturally um, fall. Like they're, they're not as well defined. Like if it's a parent and a child, there are kind of some structures and boundaries yes. that you're assuming are in place. Uh-huh. Or husband and wife, similar type of thing. Uh-huh. Not that you don't need to talk about them there, yeah. but. But um, especially where you're kind of, you know, for all intents and purposes, operating with strangers, Mm -hmm. just be clear, like say what your needs are. And, you know, most of the time, it's a matter of just even stating what your need is and people not realizing it. Like people will flip out at these triggers without Mm -hmm. ever letting the other person know it's a trigger. Mm -hmm. And then it just grows and grows and your resentment grows and they don't even know. 
Yeah. Like that, I had that all the time on my mission with companions where it was like, you're smacking your food, please stop. Yeah. And then they stop and <laughs> yeah. then you're fine. Yeah. But if you don't say that, then every time you eat a meal, you're just going to be there annoyed, like yeah. perturbed increasingly. Staring with every at their meal. mouth as they smack. <laughs> yes. yeah. Why do they have to smack their food? Just ask <laughs> them to stop. I know, yeah. That's yeah. at least a place to start because yeah. then it's on them how they're going to, if they're wanting to do that or not, right. then you know where you can go from there. Right. I think that that, situ- that advice could also extend to extended family when you're like first married. Yeah. Um, to be more clear, like you're all walking on pins and needles a little bit. Yeah, because no one wants because to be the one that be, yeah. disrupted the union that's yeah. begun or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a little bit tricky finding the balance of like how clear you are without being rude about like your own needs. Yeah. So that's one that I would give people as advice and first talk to your spouse about it mm-hmm. and then go together, Not just throw it in. like Yeah. And yes. then go together to the family members. Cause I've yes. definitely seen some, not so much in our family, but yeah, I've definitely seen some examples of people who are kind of overbearing about it. And mm-hmm. then it's like, the, it, maybe even you and your spouse don't agree mm-hmm. on whatever you want the boundary to be. And then it just becomes a big, like not a love triangle, but a, mm-hmm power struggle or like they your spouse has to side with you or the in-law we don't want to create any of that garbage that's a waste of time but there's been like things here or there that are like littler things where we know going into like a time we're going to spend time with family where we know it's something that generally happens that was we were like well we don't really like that like with kids or things like that oh yeah where we would talk ahead of time and be like okay if this happens that's something we can call fun time with the extended family. We don't normally let them do that, <laughs> yes. but we're going to let them have fun doing it together. Right. That's okay. Yeah. But this other thing isn't okay. So right. if it comes up, then whoever's family it is. Yeah, if they're trying to <laughs> they pull have to this. Do the then we have to, yeah. yeah, that's another. Yeah, for you young Marys, here's a pro tip for you. When it comes time to setting boundaries with extended family members, <laughs> definitely have whoever is blood related do the talking because <laughs> they'll take it better. better. Yeah. 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 Obviously. And we're using the term extended family to kind of differentiate between yeah. people you're living with and people, your nuclear family, yeah. and then the rest of your family. They're still your close you're all family. family. You're all close. Mm-hmm. It's not an insult, but it definitely helps when the blood relative is the one doing the talking. Yes. Saying, no, we actually don't feed them that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Or no, that's a little dangerous. Can they wear a helmet? Yeah, if that's anyway. <laughs> if that's an option for you, like you're not the in-law by yourself with the other person, right. then yes, that's always gonna, in our experience, better. gonna be better. Um, I think too service. I mean, it sounds a little cheesy, but service is a huge one. Yeah. I So one one illustration of this that I'll share is from my mission. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a long-winded story, so keep me from getting too detailed. <laughs> but try. it's a good story. Yeah. So this was probably eight months to a year into my mission. I don't know, somewhere in the first half. And I was in a five-man apartment, Mm -hmm. two, me and my companion, and then a companionship of three, um, all sharing the same apartment. Mm -hmm. And me and my companion did not get along with each other, and my companion did not get along with anyone else in the apartment. Oh, okay. Everyone else in the apartment got along pretty well with each other, except for one other elder who was just kind of more of a kept to himself, but he didn't have any friction. Mm-hmm. He was just kind of an odd duck. Yeah. But the rest of us, so let's see, that was three, the five of us, and then there were three of us that got along really well, uh-huh. one that was kind of a loner, and then my companion who just Did regularly had friction, yes, yeah. with everybody. So, like, the first few weeks, it was, you know, kind of just, those like moments of eye roll among us or things like that. Yeah. But it kind of grew into more of like, almost like everyone was at odds and, yeah. and he was kind of being ostracized, not intentionally, but yeah. that's how it happens. Cause then you don't want to be around the person. If yeah. So it'd be like, like they'd, you know, yeah. We, I'd take turns going with the other elders and mm-hmm. he'd get passed off to them. Or mm-hmm. if we we're in the apartment in the evenings or at lunchtime or something, then we'd all be hanging out together and he'd just kind of yeah. do his own thing or whatever. Okay. Um, so all this to say that started bubbling into then him and I full on like contention, like just mm-hmm. couldn't stand each other yeah. for whatever reason. And looking back, like he actually would have been a really interesting guy for me to get to know now. Yeah. 
Once again, 18 Elder, through 20. Elder so Carter so. Wilford, if you're ever listening to this episode or anyone who knows you hears this and shares it with you. Sorry, buddy. But it was basically like he was he was had totally different interests than I did and, yeah. and vice versa. Um, he was super into falconry, which is kind of yeah cool and unique. Yeah. So he had hawks and stuff that he had raised and and trained and stuff, and, and then he would take them out hunting and wow. all this cool stuff. An which I would hobby. T- yeah, I would talk to him about that stuff. But just he was raised in more of like a very masculine and mm-hmm. kind of aggressive household, and I was raised in much more of a feminine oh, yeah. environment. Uh-huh. And I hadn't gotten a chance to connect with any of my masculine side. Yeah. So at the time, we just didn't share a lot in common. Yeah. And then we had a lot of misunderstandings, probably because we were more similar personalities and temperaments than we realized yeah, at the time. Yeah, probably. Two rationals, just butting heads. Yeah. But anyway, all this to say, I'm trying to paint a picture of, it was kind of this increasing, like, uh-huh. you know, road Going diverging apart. farther and farther okay. and farther apart. My <laughs> my mission president later teased, or he would basically, like, roasted me about it in interviews. Like, you and Elder Wilford used to fight so much. <laughs> you used to get so mad at him. <laughs> no laughing. Nice. Anyway, That's so the turning though. point was, um, and again, I told you this is going to be a long story. Yeah. So long story short, we were one day, we often would fight when we we're out on our bikes. Uh-huh. So we were in a fight. We had just tracked it into a house or maybe left a lesson. Yeah. We were, like, fighting as we were getting on our bikes. Oh, no. He was pissed at me. I was pissed at him. He was ready on his bike faster. Yeah. So he just got on and took off without me and started riding. Yeah. So I self-righteously was like, oh, no, you're not going to leave my sight. Yeah. So I just hopped on my bike and was like tearing after him oh, trying to catch yeah. up, which it was the sun was starting to go down. It was like that dangerous kind of dust yeah. time of day. And so we're going down this long, long hill that, you know, was a familiar hill to us. We're going on, going along. He goes through what at the time I didn't realize was this patch of loose sand. Uh-huh. His bike kind of fishtails, but he goes on through. Yeah. I not really like thinking about well, what do you do if you're going through sand? What's the smartest thing to do, which is yeah. to just roll on through it. Yeah. See him fishtailing, panic, start to hit my brakes hard because yeah. we we're coming down this hill. We we're going really fast because yeah. I was trying to catch up with him. So I start to hit my brakes just as I'm hitting the sand. Mm-hmm. I just completely, I don't know if you call it jackknife, but whatever. My handlebars just turn completely. Mm-hmm. I go flying over the handlebars, land on my head on the side of the road. Oh, now, this is a yeah. busy time of day. So there's cars like whizzing by yeah, full on heavy traffic, commuter traffic. As I land on my head, I'm knocked unconscious. Yeah. So the last thing I remember is flying through the air. Yeah. The next thing I remember is Elder Wilford on his knees, leaning over me, like shaking me to get me to wake up. Cars whizzing by, my legs are all tangled in the bike. And I'm just like lost. Like what just happened? Did I did I actually just go over the bars? I just so it turns out I landed on my face. Uh So I had this huge gash out of my cheek. Yeah. Giant uh you know swelled up bruise starting to form. Yeah. And definitely had gotten a concussion so there we are we're now out you know miles away from our apartment yeah all we have our bikes and no way to get home yeah not cell phone times you youngsters who just recently got back yeah (laughs) so we're like oh my gosh what do we do so thankfully we knew some members that lived just a few blocks away so Uh we walked our bikes to the member's house called i think it was our board mission leader it doesn't matter Uh uh-huh Someone with a truck, they came and picked us up, put our bikes in the back, got us to the apartment. Call the mission office, because every time anyone gets hurt, you call the mission president's wife, because she's like the medical, whatever. So she's like asking me all these questions and everything. So they determined to monitor me. Mm -hmm. I... They didn't want me to sleep for too long. Yeah. Or preferably at all. Yeah. So someone needed to wake up every hour and make sure that I was still okay and not having any adverse symptoms to the concussion so elder wilford completely volunteered to do it Uh uh-huh and that night oh my gosh i'm gonna start getting emotional about this this is ridiculous (laughs) but that night he got up every damn hour to check on me all through the night and it was the simplest thing it was not he wasn't doing it to be boastful or to try to get attention Mm -hmm. (laughs) mm-hmm But being served by him 
Mm-hmm. Made me feel like a horse's behind <laughs> for all the times that I was a jerk to him and that he and I didn't get along. Yeah. And that was such a turning point. And so, again, I mean, we have so many scriptural examples of this happening, mm-hmm. but serving people is such an efficient way of cutting through so much of the baloney that we let build up. And so we went from mm-hmm. constantly butting heads to kind of being able to laugh about it and like have a real man-to-man conversation about it after that and be like okay maybe we both have some ownership in this and let's try to not have this just define our companionship yeah and we're able to get along a lot better we still set each other off like we still push each other's buttons (laughs) because we're still us right but we trusted each other's intentions a lot more because i was humbled by his service Mm -hmm. he was endeared to me by actually like caring if i died in the night or not yeah (laughs) (laughs) and so it kind of became this bonding moment yeah so that was a very long-winded way of saying it, but I think service is is definitely going to be one of your biggest bangs for your your buck. Yeah. And we see it all the time with our kids, you know, like mm-hmm. they'll do some sweet little thing for us mm-hmm. when, you know, we're upset about something that they did or they're with each other, you know, mm-hmm. they'll go and apologize in a super sweet way or offer to help clean up the mess they made or some tiny thing and your whole attitude just flips. Yeah. Anyway, but that, I think a big piece of that is afforded by the atonement. I mm-hmm. mean, that's the atonement in action, right? Is to yeah. be able to take on the sorrows and the wrongs and the yeah. resentment and anger and, and all of that, the pains. It's not just for the sin. And so when we kind of open ourselves up to that, that power can be transformational. And it's yeah. not just, well, if you talk and list off everything. <laughs> Everything that's ever been wrong, yeah, and hash it out for three weeks. <laughs> can reach a resolution. You know, we didn't need any of that. It was mm-hmm. just like, okay, we're gonna be humbled. Yeah, and I'm sure that's the Lord put example. that sand in our way to get us to stop being idiots. I know, yeah. Why do you need to fight when you're missionaries? Like, it happens, of course, yeah. but what a waste of your time. Yeah, that totally makes sense. That was a good story. I hadn't heard all the details of that before. Yeah, that's awesome. Somewhere I have the picture of my giant. Oh, I see that. Face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man. That was before digital photos. So it was a big deal to take a photo. Yeah. But I still got one. <laughs> I know. Good point. Anyway, well, yeah. yeah. Any other points that we want to hit about unity in your I mean, we started out talking about unity in your home. Obviously, mm-hmm. mission apartment is your home. Yeah. Dorm room is your home. I think... Um, I don't know. I guess with kids, we haven't said a whole lot about with kids, but mm-hmm. relating back to some of our other episodes, mm-hmm. really like avoiding, like, well, just like last week we were talking about, avoiding opposition when you don't need to be in opposition is mm-hmm. a huge one. Yeah. Um, space and time are very yes. powerful. Yes. So there's a, there's a educator quip that we say is, uh, wait Mm -hmm. it stands for why am i talking Uh uh-huh and so when there's a kid that's flipping out and having like a meltdown Uh instead of trying to reason with them and waste your energy just kind of getting each other riled up Uh you just are silent yep you let them kind of have their reaction let Uh them have their meltdown Mm -hmm. and then once they have calmed down and their amygdala is not flipped yeah then you introduce a little bit of logic and kind of go from there yeah. rather than trying to reason with someone who's in a tailspin. Yeah. But that's huge. That like, makes sense. Just yeah. giving your kids space and time to flip out about stuff, mm-hmm. giving yourself space and time to flip out. If you're mm-hmm. angry with them, mm-hmm. don't let that be the time you talk to them about what you're angry about. Yes. Have that true. emotional reaction on your own time in your own space. Yep. And then come together afterward. I agree. I'm really on a roll here. I know. <laughs> It's good. Got fired up. A lot of information. <laughs> I think it's important too, though, to know like the differences and obviously you know your kids, so you know the different things that they need and and that will help them and to let them have that moment to flip out, but and have space. Some kids need a ton of space. Some adults need a ton of space until they themselves come back into the situation. Right. Some people need the space for like. A few minutes, and then they want you to come to them. Yeah. I don't know. Does that make sense? <laughs> well, I'm just that kidding. That is but... an example, though. Like you yeah. and I. Okay, you like to have your space. Yep. Be given your space till you are ready to re-enter the situation. Yes. Don't you think? Yes. Okay. 
I like to have my space to flip out and get calm, but then I don't want to just be left like yes. ignored. I feel like I'm being rejected if I'm yeah. just ignored till I come out. Right. I would rather have someone come, come get to me you and, yeah. and talk to me a little and be like, okay, we still like you. We want yeah. to be around you. Yeah. Um, and that has a lot to do with personality type upbringing sure. and other things like that. And with our kids, our oldest, I think, is a give him space to freak out and go to him. He yep. needs you to come to him and yep. make sure he knows that he's still loved, valued, and a member of the family, even right. though he had a hard time. Yeah. And that we want to bring him back out. Yeah. Our four-year-old, yeah. she likes to have her space oh to flip gosh. out. And then she comes out when she's ready. <laughs> She'll come she... out like nothing has happened. <laughs> it's such a transformation. Uh-huh. She will be screeching and within less than a minute. Mm-hmm. She'll come out calmly and be like, okay, so can you make me Yeah, die? Like everything is totally normal. It's yeah. such a funny transition. So that ha- That's pretty yeah. important to n- take note of though, because yeah. it can, if you leave a person that wants to you to bring them back alone for longer, then they just stew and get worse. Yeah. It if it gets too long. On and on and on. At least I'm sure there's other personality types that sure, do different things, things than that, but, but yeah. those are just like our two. And that took us a little while to figure out about oh, each yeah. other too. Like you would give me endless time sometimes. And yeah. I'd be like, he hates me now. <laughs> He's giving me the silent treatment. Like I'd when we first like, married for the first few years, you'd yeah. leave me forever. And then I'd be like, and wow, I'd she's never like, come out. She never. must really be ticked off. <laughs> I know. I'd just be getting worse and more and more upset. Like he doesn't want anything to do with me anymore. He can't stand me. But know, that wasn't have, the case. No, we had fights so, lasted for days we were so not stupid. days plural but for more than a day yeah we were so stupid We've but you know what a episode. lot of those fights ended with like one of us going and making like a meal for the other one and bringing yes. it to the other so there's your service like yeah that like act of like i care about you let's right. do this okay yeah. we're gonna eat a meal together and that ended so many of our fights i mean yeah Blood sugar, probably. Also, I know, just but I'm just saying. Angry. I'm just saying. It was the dingest thing. We would fight on and on, and we would eat something, and we didn't know what we were mad about anymore. But anyway, I remember since I remember the fights. I remember, I remember being some. so grateful sometimes when you'd bring me like a plate of pasta or something yeah. that you went and made, even though you were ticked and mad. Yeah, you brought it to I me. Know, vice and versa, that I remember was, that too changed everything so yeah. if you had to slide it into the room and then leave again <laughs> run back out <laughs> eat this <laughs> but... you'll feel better so that's uh, yeah probably people. a combination but anyway yeah i i definitely think with um with strangers co-workers that type of situation just taking a moment to think about where they're coming from is a mm-hmm. big part of it too i mean with your family too but you you kind of automatically know a little bit more where your family's coming from. Yeah. But especially with strangers, like, it's so much harder to set me off these days with, you know, people that I don't know flipping yeah. out at me because it's so clear that it's a them problem and not a me problem. Yep. When I was younger, I used to let it set me off or yeah. take it personally. And I'd flip out and be like, oh my gosh, someone doesn't like me? Yeah. How could that be? Yeah. It's like, well, actually someone just doesn't know how to regulate their emotions. Yep. and. Sometimes it has nothing to do with you. Most of the time. Much yeah. of the time, I would say. Yeah. Even with, like, this one roommate that I was talking about before, she, when I first moved into the apartment at the beginning of the year, she just clearly did not like me from the start. She would be, like, say rude things under her breath, and she would, yeah. like, make faces at the other ones behind my back. They would tell me about it nicely. <laughs> Once again, what I said about women. Do. <laughs> she I don't would... think I ever made a face at anyone behind their back. <laughs> Okay, like I'd make some food that stunk. So you make like like eggs or something for breakfast. She'd make like a stinky face behind my back, and they'd be like, you know, she always does this when you can. Okay, (laughs) this is what I hadn't been used to. (laughs) Wow. Anyway, so that was just some like smaller examples, but she would like kind of go out of her way to be stinky and rude to me. But um, but then like a little bit further into the relationship of us all living together yeah i had found out about her like 
right before during the summer before that she'd been she was like a few years further into college than I was I was a freshman yeah and that summer she had had this boyfriend who had like from the beginning of the summer had said like we're gonna get married and like been all gung-ho about he was gonna ask her to marry him and stuff and they had done like all this tons of stuff together and road trips and like she had a little scrapbook that was kind of sad but (laughs) she put like every memento that they had in it yeah Anyway, and then at the end of the summer, like when that he had said, like, we're going to get engaged at the end of the summer, he'd said, I prayed about it and I'm not supposed to marry you. Oof. And I've broken up with her. Oof. Like, okay, so this is the end of the summer. Meanwhile, Amber, as a freshman, moves in yeah. <laughs> to an apartment with her and her own relatives. I'm the only one not related to them. Yeah. Oh, gosh. At, you know, like a few weeks later. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. She was mad. She was just ticked off mad yeah. and upset. Yeah. So she was just lashing out at. Right. So it couldn't have been about you. She didn't even know enough about you for it to be about you. Yeah. So then we just got off on the wrong foot. I was like, hey, what did I do? She didn't. She didn't know. She was just mad. She didn't like that I was there. She couldn't just be like. Probably she felt like inhibited because everyone else was related to her. Right. I wasn't. (laughs) She couldn't just. Yeah. Yeah. You know, freak out constantly or whatever. I don't know what what the reason. But anyway, getting to know that a little bit more about her, she and I never got along that whole year. And I cut out of there (laughs) and moved somewhere else (laughs) the next year. But at least you could carry it around. Yeah. yeah, So here's another teacherism (laughs) for you. Yeah. Q tip. Quit taking it personally. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> and that's another really important lesson to learn mm-hmm. is, yeah, don't start right out the gate assuming it's personal. Yep. And Sometimes I always do that, personality-wise. Yeah. I always do that. <laughs> do you? Huh. Yeah, you know this. Huh. <laughs> now but, that you mention it. But like we've said, once I have a few minutes to seethe and you figure yeah. out why does this person hate me and you drop why, the Q-tip. what do they have against me then yeah. i think about it or i get to know them a little more or i think okay i'm just gonna be like i don't think they hate me right <laughs> and see where this goes no it's true you're very good at moving on sometimes not... then they still seem like they hate me but what that's not me problem well, that's, yeah that's sometimes the thing. they don't if you, if you don't okay so if you go into every situation assuming that it's personal mm-hmm half the time they're not going to give you enough to go on for you to be able to tell the difference. And then you're just wasting your energy assuming it is when it's not. Yeah. If you go into every situation, assuming it's not personal, Mm -hmm. if in those rare occasions, it really is the other person will eventually find a way to make it known. (laughs) Yes. Like you just keep (laughs) thinking, no, it couldn't be personal. They aren't doing that. After a while, you won't be able to deny it. And then you deal with it. Yeah. But in the majority of the situations, you won't assume it is. It wouldn't have been. It wasn't. And then you don't waste any energy yeah. worrying about it. And it's helped a lot in the last few years. Okay, this is go, going from like a analyzing me or whatever sure. standpoint. It's just to realize that I do have so I do have my issues that carry on from like if you're raised by a mom who you realize doesn't really give you the love that you yourself gave her or that you you didn't get the love from her that you wanted. Like you're a kid, you think your mom loves you no matter what. Then you realize. That wasn't really the case. Yeah. Then you kind of have that, like, assuming afterward, well, why? my mom I... didn't love yeah. me, so why would anybody else? Yeah. Okay, so we've or talked about that thing. Who it? else is pretending? Yeah. But, like, they don't really. So you kind of have that distrust with people in general. So almost, like, every day you have to reset that. At least yeah. for me. Yeah. I have to reset that every day, like, thinking, okay, I'm going to assume the best. People are. Right not maybe people don't like me but maybe they do i can't just assume they all don't yeah just because of that so yeah it's interesting how some experiences can like kind of leach out onto the future but you do have control of it still and what a killer of unity if you're just assuming everybody's just like waiting to tell you what they really think yeah exactly (laughs) you're not actually giving them any benefit of the doubt in in the kind things that they Uh do it's one thing not giving the benefit of the doubt when they're offensive but even yeah. not giving them the benefit of the doubt or credit yeah. when they're doing something that they're trying to promote unity. Exactly. Like, why did Todd really get me that gift? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What's he hiding? <laughs> Thankfully, you don't pull <laughs> that do on that. me. No. <laughs> but it would be but... <laughs> a natural yeah. know, place to take it if you weren't mm-hmm. aware of it and working through it. Yeah, and I haven't always been that way. It took me a long time to realize that that was why I, that was why I had that attitude. Yeah. But 
once I did, I was able to be more like thoughtful about it and yeah. trying to kind of nudge myself the right way each day. Makes again. sense. Or if I see myself freaking out, like, why did that person do that? They must not like me or whatever. Uh, yeah. Stupid. It sounds yeah. so stupid. But like In abstract it does, but it's usually situations where you can see it both ways. Yes. And I usually am like, well, I might see have. It, but also. <laughs> yeah, they must not like me. They said this to me or whatever. Yeah. And then I can stop myself after, like I said before, sometimes I have a freak out and then think afterward, like, you know what? That's probably had nothing to do with <laughs> them right. not liking me. Well, that comes back to that taking your time to yes. have time and space to yep. come off the emotional reaction. Yeah. Most anyway. of our emotional reactions are not unity promoting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not that they're bad or wrong or that you can never not have an emotional reaction. Yeah. Or that you should avoid them. You just human. have to recognize that they're two separate things. There's going to be your emotional reaction in mm -hmm. a moment. And then there's going to be when you can think clearly what you end up doing in the end and yeah. if you just combine those two constantly you're screwing yourself over yeah exactly i'm gonna try to get off on a tangent i'm just no it's a good one that's very relevant interesting to think about you do have control over your you can't just throw your hands up and say, say oh nothing to do with me that person's a jerk yeah that's a good point. <laughs> sometimes they are but sometimes they're not so you shouldn't always assume well and sometimes they are and it's your job to extend charity exactly. to them because Maybe you're one of the few people who will be able to yeah. get along with them if you approach it in the right way. Yeah. Well, I've had that like a million times. Getting along like, with... I'm the only one that can get along with this person. Yeah. Oh, I'm a magnet. For I know people. you are. <laughs> Especially in the say, workplace. That happens to me sometimes. That happens to you all the time. <laughs> like the most ornery, cantankerous people in any environment think that I'm their best friend because I can dynamically get along with them i know and everyone else is just dealing with them the way that you naturally would like know. avoiding yeah. them yelling back at them <laughs> trying to report them to hr yeah. <laughs> yeah they're like burying their soul to me because i'm <laughs> the one person not not gonna flip out i know you're you've gotten really good about that in the last like several years especially i think where you'd send me like a text message or something from wherever you were work or wherever and you'd be like this person said this to me and like it'll be about them flipping yeah. out at you and you'll be like i think it's just because and then yeah like, <laughs> because of, and you figured out like so you were like patient with them and then yeah. when they came back to you later when they felt bad or yeah, sometimes results, they felt bad yeah, like yeah. embarrassed or whatever they'd be like i'm sorry i blah blah and you were like oh still calm so you were yeah. able to talk calmly with there's definitely it. a lot of uh a lot to be said for not letting other people control your emotions. Not just if mm -hmm. they decide to flip out at you, you all have no choice but to meet them at their level. Mm -hmm. If you just keep your calm, I mean, and sometimes you're not going to. If it's like a life-threatening situation or something. Like, yeah. So the guy pulled a gun on me, but I didn't want to lose my calm. <laughs> so here's what I did. Okay, I got saying... shot with a smile on my face. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But um, but can... yeah, in a lot of situations, if you just keep your calm, that's the great. I mean, it's it's evil. I, I'll admit it. But that's the great thing about it is usually they end up feeling terrible after, <laughs> instead of evil. you flipping out back at them and then it becoming like, well, the, I technically he started it. You just stay calm, and then they, nine times out of ten, will come back and be like, I'm so sorry about that. I didn't mean to. I just was. And you can be gracious again. It's not like you have to lord it over them and be like, yeah, you were rude to me. But you just kind of can be gracious. And then a lot of times, when once it gets pushed to that point, someone flips out at me, yeah. sees that I'm not going to take it the wrong way. That is usually <laughs> the turning point where yeah. I become their BFF in their yeah, mind. Yeah, true. So it's like, oh, my gosh. He did flip out at me like everyone <laughs> I did get punched in the face this time. Anyway, it sounds think, like I'm really bragging, but I'm just saying that no, that yeah. skill or that particular, because yeah. that has been a deliberate skill I've been uh -huh. trying to cultivate. Um, and I think it's important to make the distinction between being unified and being just like subservient. Yeah. I guess if that makes yeah. sense. Of just saying like in the spirit of unity, I'm going to go along with whatever the other person yeah. does and thinks and says 
and cower to whatever they want Mm -hmm. because then we'll be unified. Yeah. Number one, it's disingenuous. Mm -hmm. Number two, it's not very sustainable. And anyone who's in an abusive relationship will tell you that it wears you down. Yes. And number three, it always inevitably results in less unity, not more. Yeah. It drives you apart from each other because you resent them like crazy. You resent the heck out of them because everything that they're making you do is not really true to who you are. Yes. So I think unity can't just be one person sacrificing their will to the other yes. in this, in the sense of like, well, now at least we agree. Yes. Unity isn't an agreement. You can absolutely disagree. Yeah. We disagree on plenty. Yeah. There's plenty of things where we like talked them out. We both had different, different opinions about an issue right. that came up and we didn't agree. We never agreed. We still don't and agree. You can just leave it and at that. It's okay. We can still be unified. <laughs> right. You don't have to hold on to that for the rest of forever. Well, yeah. Unless I get her to agree with me, I don't know how I could be unified. Yeah, but like if something that you were that you were okay with and you were doing that I didn't like as much, if it's like not like a serious like sin thing, right? Obviously, I think I went without saying, but I said it. Yes. <laughs> anyway, um, then if it's so, you have something that you're doing that I don't think you should be doing, yeah, but it's not like a huge a deal. No, <laughs> but it's not a huge deal. Yeah. Then I don't have to come around to that, but you yeah. don't have to stop either if it's right. not actually something that's seriously going to yeah. divide you. It's... We can still be unified. There's things we have that are that. Right. It's not so much about the little nitty gritty things. It is just kind of your your relationship and your conduct with each other mm-hmm. can be respectful enough that you can have unity and have peace in your home and the spirit can be welcome yeah. In your environment versus just constantly, you know, constant conflict. Yes. Constant contention, which yes. are not necessarily the same thing. Yes. And it oh. helps if you can talk about it, though, like instead of just saying, well, I don't agree with them doing that. I'm not yeah. going to say anything. Ever. Right. Yeah. That kind of thing. But I could valve. say, hey, I hate that. Yeah. And you could say, well, I don't think it's a problem. And we talk about it for a while and it doesn't seem like it's actually going to be something harmful. Right. Then we can still say, well, I still don't agree. But yeah. That's okay. Yeah, because if you just let it fester, Fester, that's another way of just Mm -hmm. totally throwing unity out the window. Exactly. It's like you carry all these grudges along with you, but at least I never said anything about it. No, that's, you're just going to burst and flip out. Whereas, yeah, it's like, it's you know, when they say blowing off steam, I love that analogy or that comparison Mm -hmm. because it is. Mm -hmm. It's like a steam valve. Every once in a while, they let a little out. Yeah. And you're good to go. You try to close that valve off and you're going to blow. It's going to explode, yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of how some people live their life. I know. They just pretend to be okay and then flip out mm-hmm. and become a total train wreck for a week. Mm-hmm. And then fake it and pretend like everything. That actually describes a lot of Twitter accounts. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I overcompensate to pretend everything's fine. Never admit that anything's wrong. Everything's great. Everything's fine. No, I'm fine. It's all fine. <laughs> Got him a train wreck for a week. And, and then send them back to again. pretending that everything's perfect. Yeah, yeah, that's not a healthy way to be people. No. Stop that on Twitter and in real life. Yep. But especially on Twitter because I have to see it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the times when someone has said something inflammatory and like to me and i've just like let out what i wanted to say yeah i regret that probably 99 percent of the time maybe 100 percent. i'm trying to think but the times when i've held my tongue and waited to have my reaction later yeah then come back to that it's every time is better right well (laughs) you can still react to it but yeah even if you react to them in the moment but calmly See, I'm usually more right. of I have to just say little yeah. in the moment. Yeah. But, yeah, there's been a few times where someone yelled some rude thing at me. I yelled back at them. Yeah. Snapped back at them. <laughs> <laughs> and afterward, then you I feel all that. embarrassed. <laughs> yeah. At least I did. I have I too. Yeah, it. I have too. I'm not yeah. saying I have. You know, <laughs> that's definitely one to work on. The worst that happens to me is while driving. Yes, I could get too. way better at that when I'm behind the wheel of a car. If I'm in some other environment, I can be totally calm and relaxed. Yeah. But 
some jerk does some annoying move in the car and I'm like, you're going to die in all of your posterity. I don't know why, what the difference I is. Know, it just, know. honestly, it feels so thoughtless when it's in the car. And then I want to prove to them that I saw what they did, they even know. though they weren't trying to be careful. You I think, saw it. I was aware. It's without consequences. <laughs> then yeah. one day, Frandler yells at you as you're driving <laughs> yeah. past him and you yell back at him and he lives on your street. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Happened to me. <laughs> Good old frenzy. Yeah, frenzy. <laughs> okay, but he said to you when you're going like 20 miles an hour. No, I was going five miles okay, an hour five on miles a dirt hour. hard dirt road. And he said, slow down, sweetheart. Oh, on his window. That still makes my For you boil. ladies listening, I wonder what your reaction would be if a white-haired mm. older gentleman condescendingly yeah. said with his sunglasses on as he drove past you, slow down, <laughs> sweetheart. So maybe it's because both our windows were open and we were like less than a foot apart when he yelled it into my car. Well, it's I not think like he I yelled anything super bad back at him. And that wasn't in the home. But it was still embarrassing and to me. the episode is about having unity <laughs> in your home. The car is not okay. an extension of the home. Okay, it's but totally our different. kids were there. <laughs> I shouldn't have. <laughs> okay. It's not like he used foul language or something like that. I just yelled, I'm not your sweetheart. Okay? And then he said, let me call you sweetheart. Okay. No, I kept driving after I yelled that. Of course. But then I had to see him every darn day for the rest of the four more years we lived there. Yeah. He didn't remember it. He didn't but remember I did, it, though. Because he didn't remember who we were. Well, yeah, we're moving on. He's like, oh. Wish you'd been here longer. Like, like, it's been seven and a half years, buddy. I've been yelling, hey, friends, yet you haven't done it. All right, we're okay, on a we're tangent. Immediately. This is we're such sorry. a long episode. Thanks for sticking with us, guys. This makes up for any week we missed a week. Yeah, it's a double episode. Yeah, it's a double twofer. Two times the amount of time, not two times the good content. <laughs> <laughs> And it all started with the double up of the intro. That's what set us on course to double up the fun. Yeah, it has good moments. All right, so now let's sign off together. Three, two, one. Well, well thanks, thanks for, for listening. listening. <laughs> all right, just kidding. Let's cringe again. That was super cringe. Yeah, you can plan that out like we did the beginning part. No. I don't say the same thing at the end. Oh, That's okay, good. That's why I don't remember. Find us on Twitter at Latter Day Doofus, at Latter Day Snark. Otherwise, take a break from us. You deserve it if you made it to this point. Bye, everybody. Bye.